0: Welcome back everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew. I'm back with another batch of fascinating news stories that appeared on Archaeologica this past week. Send us feedback on the Archaeology channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site Archaeoseq. A new DNA study reveals a surprisingly complicated path of migrations through South America. A gravestone in Scotland surprises archaeologists with a very ancient inscription that points to the earliest medieval period. Excavators in ancient Ephesus have uncovered an early Byzantine commercial district just below a charcoal layer resulting from a war with the Sasanians of Iran. And watermelon seeds from a Libyan cave appear to show that early use of watermelon focused on the seeds rather than the pulp. The Audio News team would like to thank our friends for helping us continue the show without a break since we started more than 21 years ago. If you're not already a supporting member, please go to archaeologychannel.org and click on the donate button. We can still use all the help we can get. Thanks to you also for supporting our subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have 242 titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. And now, here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day.
1: Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in Archaeological and Historical News for the week of October 30th through November 5th, 2022. We begin this week with exciting genetic research into populations in South America. Researchers from Florida Atlantic University and Emory University analyzed DNA from two ancient human individuals unearthed in two different archaeological sites in northeast Brazil, yielding interesting new insights into population movements in prehistoric South America. The work provides the most complete genetic evidence to date for complex ancient Central and South American migration routes. As reported by phys.org, the research provides new genetic evidence supporting existing archaeological data of the North to South migration toward South America. For the first time, it has also discovered evidence of migrations in the opposite direction along the Atlantic coast. The study also provides evidence of Neanderthal ancestry within the genomes of ancient individuals from South America. Results of the study, published in the journal Proceedings of the Royal Society of Biological Sciences, suggest that human movements closer to the Atlantic coast eventually linked ancient Uruguay and Panama in a south-to-north migration route 3,270 miles long. This novel migration pattern is estimated to have occurred approximately 1,000 years ago based on the ages of the ancient individuals. The findings show a distinct relationship among ancient genomes in Brazil, Uruguay, and Panama. This new model reveals that the settlement of the Atlantic coast occurred only after the peopling of most of the Pacific coast and the Andes. The researchers also found strong Australasian genetic indicators in an ancient genome from Panama. To add to the complexity, researchers also detected greater Denisovan than Neanderthal ancestry in ancient Uruguayan and Panamanian individuals. Denisovans are a group of extinct humans first identified from DNA sequences from the tip of a finger bone discovered around 2008. According to John Lindo of Emory University, the presence of a Denisovan lineage points to a large admixture between a population of humans and Denisovans. The researchers compared the two newly sequenced ancient genomes from northeast Brazil with present-day worldwide genomes and other ancient whole genomes from the Americas. The team says that so far, only a dozen or so ancient whole genomes from South America have been sequenced and published, in contrast to hundreds from Europe, so there is much more to learn through subsequent study. Our second story this week brings us to Scotland, where archaeologists and volunteers have discovered a stone bearing a mysterious inscription and carved birds from more than a millennium ago. The stone is believed to be the work of the Picts, a group named by Roman historians because of their war paint and tattoos. The name stems from the word Picti, which is the Latin word for paint. They lived in northern and eastern Scotland in the late Roman and early medieval periods. As reported by Live Science, the cross slab, found in a small cemetery last month, dates between AD 500 and 700 and sheds new light on the historic interaction between heritage and faith in Northern Britain. After the Roman Empire withdrew from the British Isles in the 5th century AD, Pictish society grew to form a permanent but unstable monarchy. Early missionaries from Ireland converted many kings of Pictland to Christianity in the mid-6th century AD. In AD 685, the Picts pushed the Britons out of Scotland and created a mini-empire that would last until around AD 900. Found in the old Kilmadoch Cemetery in a region that was historically a buffer zone between the Picts and the Romans, and later the Britons, this newly uncovered cross slab complicates that timeline. The Pictish cross slab likely survived because it was reused in much later times as a grave covering. The team plans to study the cross slab further once it is fully excavated and its pieces are put back together. Carved stones from early medieval Scotland are relatively common, but the newly discovered one from the old Kilmadoch Cemetery, which has yet to be fully excavated, has three intriguing features. A rounded top animal figural decorations, and an inscription written in a medieval alphabet called Ogham. Ogham is formed by making parallel strokes and slashes along a central line and was used to write an early version of the Irish language. About 400 of these inscriptions have survived to the present day, mostly in Ireland. This is the first found in central Scotland. According to Kelly Kilpatrick, who will be translating the inscription, It is not possible to read the Ogham inscription until the stone is lifted, because Ogham is written on the edge of the stone, and the letters can extend to either side. Other Ogham inscriptions that have been found tend to spell out names of wealthy or powerful people. When translated, the inscription will be able to tell more about the language spoken by those in power in this area, and potentially add a new, unrecorded name in time with a few historical sources. Our third story this week comes to us from Turkey, where archaeologists from the Austrian Academy of Sciences have uncovered an early Byzantine business and gastronomy district at ancient Ephesus, located in the Izmir province of modern Turkey. Ephesus was built in the 10th century BC by Attic and Ionian Greek colonists. During the classical Greek era, it was one of 12 cities that were members of the Ionian League emerging as a major urban centre with monumental buildings that included the Library of Celsus and a theatre capable of holding 24,000 people. The city was also famous as a sacred place for pilgrims visiting the nearby Temple of Artemis, which was considered one of the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. Ephesus, as part of the Kingdom of Pergamon, became a subject of the Roman Republic in 129 BC, after the revolt of Eumenes III was suppressed. During the first century BC, the city entered an era of prosperity under Roman rule, becoming a major center of commerce, considered by some only second in prominence to Rome itself. As reported in Heritage Daily, during recent excavations, archaeologists have discovered an early Byzantine business and gastronomy district on Domitian's Square, a prominent public place directly adjacent to the political center of the Roman city, the Upper Agora. Byzantine shops and workshops were built over a large Roman square complex, with the team focusing excavations on a structure comprising several business premises that covers an area of around 170 square meters. Coins found there indicate that the area was suddenly destroyed in AD 614 or 615, preserving the remains beneath a thick, burnt layer. Some individual rooms contained thousands of pieces of ceramics, including whole bowls with the remains of shellfish, as well as amphorae filled with salted mackerel. Also found were the stone pits of peaches, almonds and olives, charred peas and legumes, and gold and copper coins. Archaeologists suggest that the excavated rooms had functions such as cookshops, storerooms, workshops, taverns, and souvenir shops for pilgrims. The destruction layer is likely the result of conflict, with several arrowheads and spearheads also found that the team links to the Byzantine-Sessacian War between AD 602 and 628, a series of conflicts fought between the Byzantine Empire and the Sassassian Empire of Iran that significantly weakened both empires. (music) Our final story this week takes us to Libya, where preserved 6,000-year-old seeds reveal the history of the watermelon. As reported in Smithsonian Magazine, Researchers sequenced the DNA of a seed found in the cave site known as Uan-Muhugiag in the Sahara of present-day Libya. The analysis showed that the seed came from an ancestor of the modern watermelon. These watermelons, like wild watermelons, likely had bitter pulp. Some think that these watermelons may have been cultivated specifically for their seeds, which would have been easy to transport and store and high in fats. Archaeologists have struggled to determine the fruit's original purpose and how it was used. Some of the oldest evidence for eating watermelon stems from Egypt, during the time of the pharaohs. In a 4,300-year-old tomb, a mural depicts a green-striped oblong fruit that looks like a watermelon, surrounded by grapes and other sweet fruits. The scene suggests Egyptians ate watermelon for its pulp by this time. A millennium later, the 3,300-year-old tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamun included 11 baskets stocked with a mix of jujube and watermelon seeds. To uncover the culture and motivations behind watermelon domestication, scientists needed older genomes. Finding them is challenging, as plant elements like this only survive in very specific conditions. As of 2016, the oldest plant DNA scientists had found came from barley grains and corn cobs between 5,000 and 6,000 years old. Suzanne Renner, a plant biologist at the University of Munich, obtained a few seeds, including those recovered from Uan Uanmuhugiag, the cave in Libya. Before trying DNA extraction, the researchers scanned these seeds with high-resolution x-rays for a 2021 paper. The detailed images revealed cracks in the 6,000-year-old seeds that suggest they had been broken into by human teeth. The team managed to extract DNA from the chewed seeds, and their genome lacked key mutations that determine the fruit's sweetness and red color. Unlike today's watermelons, the fruit was likely quite bitter with a white interior. The bite-like cracks suggest that instead of eating the fruit itself, Saharans likely preferred to snack on the tastier seeds. After that, what they did with the pulp is still unknown. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, be sure to check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week.
0: This has been the Audio News from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the Audio News by clicking on the Share This link on our Audio News webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by.